Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast, and today I have a very special guest, and um, I'm excited. You know, he's been a, a supporter of what we was doing in the Drew League for some years, and I'm just glad to have him. Biggest Clipper fan of all time. I got Clipper Darrow on the line. What's going on, brother? What up, baby? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> man, it's so good to have you on the show, man, for real, man. Like, you don't understand. Like, I'm like... I'm like excited right now. My palms are sweaty, man. <laughs> Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, man. No problem. Of course, anytime, man. So I'm gonna get right into it, man. So how long you have been a Clippers fan? It's my 27th season, man. Woo. 27 seasons. Wow, that's that's that's, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, man. Um, so yeah, I know that you've been a season ticket holder since for like 20 years now, you know, through the ups and downs and everything. You never wavered your commitment to the team, man. So, like, what goes along with that? Like, what made you decide to be like, all right, no matter what happens, I'm going to stick with these guys? Um, I mean, for 20, for 20 seasons, for 20 seasons, I've only missed two home Clipper games. And wow. so, I, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge commitment for me. But what happened for me, man, I got fired from a job. And a guy told me I never mount anything in life. You know how you get fired, you feel sorry for yourself. Went home. Plopped on the couch, turned the TV on, Clipper game comes on. They said the same thing about them, how horrible they were, how they never mounted anything in life. I said, this is going to be my team. We're going to ride and die together. And that's how I became a Clipper fan. Man, that's 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 an awesome story, man, because, you know, you need that sometimes. Sometimes some people just, you know, push in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? And I always tell, mm -hmm. you know, I always tell my people, like, and you may stumble in life. You may fall in life, but as long as you fall forward, it's all right, because one day you're going to stumble into your blessing. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And then, you know, look at you now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yo, also, we know that L.A. is a Laker town. I'm going to say, quote, Laker town. <coughs> you know? But, I, but, but I'm sure that a lot of Laker fans show you a lot of love, too, as well. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely, man. Definitely. 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 <laughs> They, they, they always tell me they give me a pass because I'm the only, <laughs> you know, they say, well, you get a pass. You can wear that because you can get you get a pass today, girl. <laughs> nah, but, uh, over, over the years, man, I, I you know, Laker fans always show me love, man. You know, it's, and, and it's crazy, man. You know, I never thought being a fan would would actually come to this and, you know, being well known and stuff like that, man. It's, it's crazy to me. But, you know, it's fun. It, it's fun for me. It's my getaway. You know, it, it's two places I can go in life and get away from my, all my problems is a Clipper game and church. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, you were deacon at your church. And I've, I've read the story that you was, <laughs> um, you know, you was you almost missed the third game, but you made yeah. it eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You went, hey, you went deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Listen, sure now, did. You know. I, I support you, man, one hundred percent, man. You know, so who gave you the name? Who gave you the name Clipper Darrell? Because I remember, like my first, my first time ever seeing you was like the mm -hmm. you know early two thousands. But you know they called you the Dancing Man. So yep. like who who gave you the Clipper Darrell name? What happened, Dave Smith? It was a radio station, fifteen forty, the ticket, yep. and uh, it was it was Dave Smith and Corn Dog, and they called okay. me up one day. They said, "Hey, Darrell." We need to get you a new name. I'm tired of calling you the dancing man. You more than a dancing man, right? Yeah, yeah. We got to give you a new name. And that's when, uh, so I, we, I went, they used to do this little show at the Palm, at the Palm, um, Palm restaurant. 
you know, with uh, with Jeannie Bus. So I went over. Okay. They asked me to come. They asked me to come over there one day, and I came through, and we I got on got on live with them, and they were asking the fans what type of names, what type of name, you know, what, what they gave them. We had, you know, they had all different type of names, but then Dave and uh, Dave and Corn Dog looked at each other and said, they looked at each other and said. Clipper Daryl. I mean, it was like they looked at it. It was really crazy, man. Like it was God sent. Yeah. And uh, and that's when the name came in, and and I stuck with that name. And, and you know, that's when Clipper Daryl was born. Man, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm just being man to a whole brand. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You know, I'm about to take it back a little bit because a lot of know this, but you mm-hmm. went to the airport. To see the team off in the 2006 conference semifinals, and you know they was leaving for Game Seven. This was versus Phoenix, I, I remember. And mm-hmm. um, the owner at the time, Donald Sterling, you know, you just over there seeing the team off, you know, wishing them good luck. But then Donald yep. Sterling was like, "Hey, man, hop on this flight." Man, that that was a priceless moment for me, man. Um, I'm I'm sitting there cheering my team on, and Donald Sterling himself walks up to me and introduces himself. And I said, "I know who you are." And for him to invite me on a team flight, man, and it was bananas, man. It was like it was. I thought I, I thought I was dreaming, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, so I got on when I got on the flight. I didn't, you know, um, all my clothes and stuff, all my clothes, because he even said, "Oh man, I sent for your, I even sent for your suits and stuff, you know, and get them out here." Wow. For I said, "Okay." So <laughs> that's, that's I jump, crazy. Exactly, I jump on the flight. I jump on the flight. I get there, and I thought that I was gonna, you know, I was gonna call my sister because she lives in Phoenix. So I said uh, I was gonna just go spend a night at her house and go to the game the next day, right? Man, yeah. it was. It was. He said, "Durrell, I just got you a room. I'm here at the. I'm here. I ain't never seen the Ritz Carlton except on TV. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm here. I'm still. I'm standing in in, in the Ritz Carlton. He said, Daryl, I got you a room." I want you to go upstairs, freshen up, and then come back down here and meet me down here at seven o'clock. You're gonna be my special guest at dinner tonight at Morton's, the steakhouse. Ain't never been, ain't never been to Morton's, right? So uh <laughs> I'm sitting there. So I I went upstairs, bro, and I seen the robe. The first thing I saw when I opened the door, man, was the robe and the slippers. And I'm like, and I didn't touch it because I said, oh, they might charge me. I can't afford this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I went up and I immediately jumped on the bed, man, and called my mom and dad, man. And it was it was it was crazy, man. Yeah, that's that that and had to be a surreal experience. I'm, I, I mean, you know how when you was a little kid, you jumped on the bed and you was excited. That's how I was, like a little <laughs> kid in the candy store. Yeah, and, uh, when I first got my when I first got my own first bedroom in life. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then, so then when um I went downstairs later 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 on it was, it was like a couple hours away, and uh, went downstairs and met him across the street at Morton's. Yeah, sat next to him. Never ate at Morton's in my life. So, and uh, so I ordered I ordered some chicken, right? Yeah, and I didn't realize that everything comes a la carte. So oh. what I did, so I'm sitting next to uh, Donald Sterling. Across from me is Elgin Baylor and his wife. I got uh, Dunleavy and his wife. Uh, uh, Ralph, yeah, I said Ralph Lawler, right? Yeah, Ralph Lawler yeah. and his wife. 
And on, and on the next to me, on the side of me, it's Elgin Baylor's daughter. And I said, <laughs> so I looked at her. I said, wait a minute. I said, how do I get the how do I get the mashed potatoes? She said, I said, why didn't I said, why didn't I get the mashed potatoes? She said, girl, you have to order them. Everything, everything here is a la carte. Right. <laughs> I'm like, wow. So, you know, that was my that was my biggest experience eating, you know, eating at a five-star restaurant, man. And it was it was crazy for me from then on, man. And just the conversations, you know, of, of everybody at the table. Everybody was so nice to me and everything, man. And then uh, Elton Brand gave me tickets to the game the following day. So yeah, yeah, that's dope. Elton Brand's like family, man. I've known Elton Brand since I well, I'm 37. I've known Elton Brand since I was like eight years old. He's oh wow, with, with with um with Ron, you know they they play AAU together and stuff. You know, exactly. so, yeah, Elton's definitely one of the coolest guys, man. Very calm, so so spoken, brother. So happy for him, you know, him being a general manager of the Sixers and doing what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And he had that really good Clippers year too, by the way. Yeah, de- definitely. That's why. That's why when uh when he took that pay cut and and they played with his money and he left, it, it hurt. It hurt a lot of stuff because, I mean, we we had a great team back then. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Sure did. Um, I want to ask you <laughs> a question. You're gonna laugh at this one. How close were you to taking that job offer from Mark Cuban though? <laughs> you know, you know what? Honestly, man, I felt real honored, man. I love Mark Cuban. You know, that's my dude. You know, uh, I appreciate everything that he's done. But honestly, man, it felt like I was cheating. It yeah. was like you was cheating on you. You was cheating on your your girl. You know, your family. You know, Clipper Nation made me. Yeah. You know, the news media. You know, for me to for me to just leave. And walk away from what I built, and um, and what I've established in LA, I, I just couldn't do it, man. My heart, my heart wasn't there. Yeah, the money would have been there. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying I'm, that that was tough because I know that that was definitely. I know what Mark Cuban was thinking when he did that. He's seen, mm-hmm. he's seen something in you. Yeah. To, to to even to even offer you a job to fly you to move move you and your whole family from LA to Dallas. That's exactly. crazy. I'm gonna give a backstory on it though for everybody that's listening. So basically. Mark Cuban, you know, Clippers was playing the Mavericks, and you know, um, Clipper Darrell, he um got the fans all hype. He was always like that. And then so I guess Mark Cuban seen something in him, was like was willing to offer him the job to do the same thing for the Dallas Mavericks, getting the fans involved and everything, being in public relations and everything. But Clipper Darrell said no because he's too loyal to that red, white, and blue. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, I remember your tweet during the NBA lockout when you asked, were there any um, schools that would love to have you at their games? And, you know, the response was that was crazy. And then everybody yeah. reached out to you, like UCLA, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you took full advantage of all those opportunities, man. Talk about that experience. I uh, mean, it was just so much fun, man. You know, social media, man, is, is a tool that you can use, you know, for good and bad. And I just, yes. wanted, to, I just wanted to continue to watch basketball, man, and I wanted to have some fun. And uh, I just put a tweet out, and and the response on the DMs and and on the t- timelines was was wonderful, man. I was going to games, so I started going to college games and high school games. And, you know, I had I had even the youth, man, eight nine year olds hitting me, their parents hitting me up, talking about come on out to my my kids' game. So, <laughs> you know, it, it it it's been fun for me, man. I can't I can't complain. You know what I'm saying? What 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 I've accomplished over the over the last you know. 28, 20, what, 27, 27 seasons. Yeah, I remember you did that for us. I remember um, my first actually physically meeting you was at the Drew League game. 
And I remember oh, that you came out, you supported, you supported, you know, Ron and you know Team Artest and everything. So mm -hmm. I, I remember you. You was definitely out there like that, just just being visible and and just always showing love, man. Oh yeah, definitely, man. You know that's what that's what. See, people get so caught up in this fandom, like you don't supposed to like the opposing fans, or you don't supposed to, you know, you you cheer for your team, and after yeah. the game, the game is over. You embrace, you know, you don't, you know, why. Why I'm not gonna like you because you're a Boston Celtics fan? Why? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm the exactly. I, I was the only Clipper fan in my in my family. So you you telling me I need to don't like my mom and dad, don't like my son, don't like my my you know my kids and you know all my you know friends. I mean, come on, everybody know this is a Lakers town. Yeah. You know. Definitely for now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. I also want to ask you, what's your favorite, you know, Clipper Daryl moments? Like, as far as not not even just on court stuff, just like as far as just interactions with players and fans. Like, what's what stood out the most to you, man? You know, when Kobe Bryant gave gave me the biggest shout out on national TV when he retired and told me that he was gonna miss Clipper Daryl. That's dope, man. That was that was crazy for me. That was, that was uh, cool. yeah. That was that was very surreal. But in two thousand nine, it was two thousand nine or ten. I met LeBron James, and uh, you know how I do that UGLY chant yeah. at the free throw line. Yep. So I was at the Beverly Wilshire, coming out from having dinner, and he's driving down an escalator. He's hanging out to play with Cleveland. Yeah. He came came out, and. uh U G L Y, you ain't got no L about you ugly. Hey, hey. And he got out and started doing my dance, man. We embraced, we talked about 10 minutes, and he went on upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it, it was priceless. His boy, his boy Maverick was with him. And he said, yeah. Hey, he said, Brian, we need to have him in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it, you know, those, those are moments like, like that back then, nobody you, you didn't take pictures and videos and all that stuff. Yeah. So I I I learned over the you just take it in, you know. Exactly. Uh, you know. Um a lot of my moments been captured, man, with, with other people taking taking the pictures now because of of course with with all the videos and stuff that, that's taken, man. So it, it it's been crazy for me, man. I you know. Yeah, man, that's 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 dope to have those interactions with two with two legends, man. Like that's awesome. You know. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, man. But I, I have to ask. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to really just, you know, dive in real quick and and, and talk about um, like that time Thank when you. the Clippers um organization tried to uh, dis distance themselves from you, man. Like I remember the whole thing, and like you was on the news and seeing you up there like that kind of hurt me because you know you was never troubled. You was just a man supporting a team that you love. And at that time, I kind of thought that it was kind of dirty for them to even go that to that extreme. Like take me through that that time. And also, why they changed their minds eventually? It was it was one of them situations to where when people when they realized that Clipper Duro was really was out there making money, that sponsors was I was hosting events, I was doing a lot of charity events with the players and stuff like that. Yeah. So they saw a time they saw a time when we got CP3, and uh, they said, "Oh shoot, now we can now we can um, advertise our own team." I think we could just get get rid of Clipper Duro. So that's when they, you know, told me told me to leave because we, you know, we got into it. 
And my, my my thing was my my thing was at the end of the day, I just think people didn't realize the impact that I had. And when yeah. they when that happened, you know, the first first three people that tweeted out was Chris Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. We mm. won't clip it up. Then the media got a, a hold to it. So, you know, like I've never wavered from this. You know, this is who I am. This is something I've been a part of. So I just feel like people say, man, girl, how can you forgive a team that did you that way? I said, it's just like you forgive your mom and daddy when you have an argument with them, right? You forgive, you forgive your best friend for, you know, for, for sleeping with your, with, sleeping with your girl. You might not, you know, trust them no more, but you're going to forgive. But I mean, it's a part of life. And and that's a part of the past for me now. Yeah. Because we because it's we're looking forward to a great future, man. And now we got new ownership. It's a whole, it's a whole new, it's the Steve Bomber era now, man. So, you know, but but that was, I mean, that that was a hurtful situation, man. It 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 really bothered me for a long time, man. You know, but yeah, yeah. But, but having the love for the fans, the fans, the players, and stuff like that, man, and the media was was priceless. So I didn't I didn't really have to say anything. Because the media and the, and the fans had my back to the fullest. Yeah, I, I just remember that news conference, man. And um, I was living in Indiana at the time, and mm-hmm. like we, 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 it was a topic in the locker room when we was just all talking about it. And like, wow, like it was like it was sad because of, of how they did that. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. they might have just used the clip of Daryl Brand and have him. I'm like, man, just have him run around, do double, do double the work, man. <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying? That's- that's what we was thinking of, but yeah, man, I'm glad that everything worked out and you back in, in the good graces with with Clippers organization and things, and um, you know, with Clipper Nation and stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm oh, glad. It, it, it only it only lasted honestly. It lasted about a week. People talking about it, but yeah. it only lasted a couple of hours because they they immediately brought me to the office, man, and and it was like you know when they see what happened and what they posted and what people were saying. You know, it, it was like a no-win situation. That's why I sympathize with what I see with Spike Lee, what I saw with Charles Oakley, you know, in yeah. New York, man. I mean, I believe the NBA need to step in before he he does something to, to make to make the NBA detrimental detrimental for the NBA. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the Knicks are just a team of they've just been horrible these these past twenty years to be to be act to be honest. They've been horrible for like twenty years, and I don't know what's going to happen, man. You know, when you got an owner, he's an owner. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what can, what can you, what can you do? Like, you know, really? Okay, they, they, because Donald Sterling said something about black people, right? Oh, we're gonna get into that, by the way. That was oh. that's coming up. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I know we're gonna get right into that. <laughs> Man, come on now. I mean, you know, my 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 thing is the NBA has to step in and sit down with with um because it, when you start. Because fans have a right to tell you, so tell you to sell the team if you ain't acting yeah. right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? So exactly. to, to me, everybody can voice their opinion as long as they do it in the right way. Now, until, until you, when you start cursing and doing all that you know, absurd stuff, that's something different. But just yeah. say sell the team, you know, and taking people's season tickets back, man, that, that's kind of that's kind of stupid to me. That's that's crazy, you know. Spike Lee is an, amb- an ambassador for the Knicks, the biggest ambassador of the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what for decades? You know, he started out at the nosebleeds and he worked his way down to the to the you know front row. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Spent ten million dollars in tickets there. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you you do that? 
Come on, yep. man. But that's, that's why. Crazy. That's why. You know when, when. You know when when people when people. You know when people don't understand. It's like you. You know somebody was saying today, and it made sense to me. I was listening to Jalen Jalen and Jacoby today, and it made yeah. sense when he said he said when you inherit something, people you treat it different. You know. Yeah. yeah. You treat it different because you didn't build it up. It was giving to you. It's just like when you bought your first pair of tennis shoes yourself. You treated them things like like they were God because those are yours. You bought them with your hard earned money. But yeah. then, you know, but when you when your parents bought them for you, it wasn't no big deal because you oh they can buy me some more. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. it, to me that's how I looked at it, and and it, and it's so true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hopefully, the, hopefully the Knicks they'll figure something out, man. And I got a question for you though, man. Are you are you back cool with Doc Rivers? Because I remember, <laughs> man. Listen, I got good memory, okay. And I remember years ago, you wasn't too fond of his coaching style and the way he managed the roster. You called him out. So what's going on? How you feeling towards Coach Doc Rivers today, man? Man, you know I got love for Doc now. You know I got I got tremendous love for him. And my thing was what I did, what I didn't do, and this is what I told my kids. You gotta get you gotta get two sides. It's it's always two sides to every story. Yeah. And I didn't get the other side. And then when I finally got the other side to it, when I finally okay. got the other side to it, then I then I then I, I said, okay. And then I apologize and, and let's move on, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 dope. That's cool, man. Yeah, always willing to own um, own to your actions and stuff, man. That's awesome. Oh yeah, because at the at the end of the day, man, I'm not going anywhere and he's not going anywhere. So what are we yeah. what are we gonna fight for? What are we gonna go against each other for? Let's work together yeah. and make this make this organization the best organization you can ever be a part of. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, earlier we we talked about um former owner Donald Sterling showing you a lot of love during that that the Clippers first big playoff run. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't know his private life until it came out, man. When you when you, when you found out about Sterling and his thoughts towards minorities and Magic Johnson and that entire situation, man, I know that you know you being a Clippers fan, I know that that kind of touched you, man. Like in you know in a, in a bad way. So how did that make you feel about you know Donald Sterling and that whole entire situation? You have to think about it, right? He's like one of them, like them older uncles. That's yeah. older and just spoke his mind. Nobody yeah. in their right mind, nobody, he never thought that somebody would be taping it to, to ruin it. So he spoke yeah. his mind. To me, yeah. what he said behind closed doors didn't bother me, honestly. Mm. Okay. It, it really didn't. Um, I've, I've met Donald Sterling. I've hung out with Donald Sterling. I've had several conversations with him. Yeah. I've never every every everybody's interaction with certain people are good or bad. You know? Yeah. But my, all my interactions was good. It was one time that Donald Sterling didn't um come to the game. The uh the police commissioner Steve Soberoff came over to the seat. He said, Hey, Donald and uh, is not coming to the game. He wants you to have his seat today. I sat mint, mint, uh half I mean, you know, in his seat, half court, you know, on the wood. So crazy. Exactly. So all my interactions with him been great. So that's why yeah. I can't see. I can't say nothing bad about anybody that didn't do it. That that didn't do it to me. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Because yeah, I understand. It's always two sides to every story. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's just like when yeah. you see when you see a police officer whooping somebody's ass. 
that's the part they're going to show on TV because that's the one that's going to look at it. But what did that dude do before he started? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, that, that's that that one is a, that one is a sticky situation because sometimes yeah. some police officers do be having an agenda. Sometimes, yeah, um, exactly, I, exactly. I know growing up, I know I know growing up where I grew up, and sometimes cops would just rush the scene and, and yeah. just be ready to fit some action and stuff. Especially I was doing when I was doing bouncing, it was like that too. And I had to tell the cops like, "Hey, man, just chill. Mm-hmm. It's all right. We got it. You ain't got to break this guy's arm or nothing like that. Don't worry about it, man. It's all right. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's a sticky situation. But you know, I, I guess it's just a case by case basis on that whole entire situation. Like um, what Donald Sterling's situation would bother me was like um, you know how he spoke about Magic Johnson and stuff. But mm. also, it's like you can't really, like you said, you really can't feel. I couldn't really have that much anger towards it because he was recorded. You know, exactly. what I'm saying? and you know, it was kind of it was it was just a weird sticky uh, uh not sticky situation, but it was just like a weird situation. But when he went on Anderson Cooper the following day yeah. and talked, yeah, I said, man, you need to shut up, bro. You need you need to get off Anderson Cooper when he said that Magic don't do nothing for the community and all that type of stuff. I was like, come yeah. on now, come on now, Donald. But at the end of the day, he owned the team. Did he? Did he really need to lose his organization? You know, I wouldn't be in the position that I am now. You know, of, of a winning franchise if, if they didn't take it. But you know, at the time, people felt like you know he needed to lose his team. Because it was more to it behind the scenes that a lot of people ain't let out that I found out later. You know, now I understand yeah. what happened, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, y'all let this build up for the last how many years he owned the team, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's what happens when you have yes people around you. Nobody's not going to say nothing. Nobody's not going to, you know, be like, hey, man, what you're saying is wrong. And, like, you know, if it's behind closed doors or not, nobody never challenged Donald Sterling until – at the end, when he, when they, um, when um, the girl, you know, recorded him. Now everybody has something to say. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now, man. Andy Roser, yeah, exactly. Andy Roser, his his right hand man lost his job. You know. Yeah. He had not, yeah, he had, he never get another job in NBA. Oh yeah, it's a wrap for him. Yeah. So so my thing because he they said the NBA said he he tried to cover it up. You know. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. But you know, it was a, a, a unfortunate situation and stuff. But you know, he sold the team. He he sold the team, made it to Bay, and now he's just you know, I guess he's just living his life. Whatever. Hey, man. hey did you so let's how, talk about let's. You know yeah, how much he, you know how much he bought the team for? He bought the team for like what a hundred million dollars or something like that. No, he bought the team between ten and fifteen million. And then made two billion. Made two billion, bro. <laughs> oh man, and I think that he could even got more to be honest. Man, if he if he would probably would have waited, but you know, hey, yeah, hey, he just hey, sure, hey, Shelly said, hey, hey, you give me two billion, I'm up out of here. I'm up out. Funny man. Hey, let's talk about the whole Lob City though. You know, Lob City, they came and they went. They was title contenders in my opinion, but you know, injuries killed their chances, man. But now we in this current Clippers era, where this season's the first time ever that they can actually win this thing, man. Yo, how exciting are you right now? You know, this is Clipper Nation. Y'all really second place, you know, second place in the in the West and you know, like championship contending team. Like this is like this is the year right here. So how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling ecstatic. Bro. There we go. I ain't never in my life. I thought I was Jesus Christ the other day, man. I was walking on water, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I have never felt this good about this team. 
And the one thing that I love about this team is that it ain't no egos, man. Yeah. It ain't yeah, no egos, exactly. bro. No, no egos and they hungry, man. Yeah, and they ready. They 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 fight, man. They fight to the end. You know? Yeah. And the guys, and the guys that's on the bench is even cheering them on. So that's the key to this, man. And I and I tell people, man, just because you don't play, don't make you not a part of the team. Like people get so caught up. Well, what is he? Why do you know I had an argument with a friend of mine another, you know, a couple of months ago about he he said, why do the people that don't play get rings? Because they put that hey. I, I've heard Kobe say this a lot of times. He said, man, just because y'all see them guys don't play in the game, they do a lot of work at practice to help us. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. I'll be telling people all the time. They'd be like, I, I always say, nobody in the NBA sucks. Like, there is 457 spots. It's like 100 million people play basketball in the world, and these are the only, only – out of 100 million people that play basketball, there's only 457 spots, and they got the job. Yep. There's no such thing. As an NBA player, that sucks. <laughs> exactly. And I always tell them that NBA, to play in the NBA is just luck, skill, and opportunity. And I, and they'd be like, opportunity? I'm like, yeah. You know, look, see Jeremy Lin. And then that's the end of the conversation right there. Yep. You know, you give any you give anybody at the end of the bench a chance, they're going to shine. Exactly. Because, you know, every, everybody was a high school phenom or a college phenom before you get to the NBA. That's all it is. Exactly. Exactly, man. So how did you feel when you get Kawhi and Paul George in the same day during the free agency? Like, what was your reaction Man, when you got the news? In? Like, you didn't see the video I put out? <laughs> nah, I didn't, I didn't see it, man. I'm going to have to send it to you, man. Bro, okay. I, was, I was ecstatic. Man, <laughs> I was on fire. I told Snoop that dreams do come true because, you know, me and him be going at it all the time. And yeah. Um, and then I went down, I jumped in the car because I was in my pajamas. I was asleep because when I got the news. So when I got the news, my boy Tony Farmer calls me. And I'm asleep. Okay. And he says, Daryl, did you hear the news? And I said, uh, I said, no, nah, man. He said, I, I said, I'm asleep right now. He said, he said, y'all just got to Kawhi and Paul George. I said, man, don't play with me, man. I got to go to Vegas in the morning because the Clippers and the Lakers was playing the next day. So I was leaving early in the morning to go, right? Man, yeah. all of a sudden, my phone went off. It was like my other my other phone. Oh, my goodness. And then I seen the text. Oh, and I started screaming, man. <laughs> I bet, man. That was a big day. Man, that was a huge that day. A, I went low, low crazy. I jumped. I ran, <laughs> I ran down the street, man, did a video <laughs> for Snoop. Jumped in my got came in the house, got dressed, went back, got jumped in my car, went down, went down to LA Live, did another video in front of Staples Center. You know, it was it was like, man, I've been it, it's been man, my phone haven't stopped ringing since, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, man. Um, so the Clippers, you know, like like we're gonna stay in the Clippers for one second, and you know they have an amazing season, second in the West, and I just think the public are still non-believers, and I'm just gonna be honest, I just think that a lot of fans, you know, Laker fans, are just kind of scared because they can actually lose to these boys in the conference finals. So I want to know, like, how are you loving this roster though? Because y'all just got two pickups in a buyout market, Marcus Morris and uh, Reggie. Like, that's big. Y'all team's so deep right now. 
I told, I told, I told everybody when we first started this, right? When we first started the season, yeah, I said we got the best first team and second team. Yeah. I said my, I said we got Kawhi to Paul George. The second team we got Lou to Montrez. Yeah. Now with the addition of Reggie Jackson and um and 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 and, and the Morris twin. Oh my goodness! Then yeah. you got Shannon. Then you got Jermichael Green. You know he plays his role to the tip. He does the little things, man. That that don't come up. That shows up on stat sheets, man. And bro, this I mean, man. And to have Laker fans right now stunned. They are stunned. They are yep. not. It, it's like they don't know what to do. Yeah, they they in first place. First place don't mean anything. As long as you're in the playoffs, that's all that matters. And AC won the championship one year, so that don't matter, you know. Exactly. It's get it's get it's getting there, and I believe that this. I believe I, honestly, man. This is I believe I, I believe we're gonna we're gonna hold up the Larry OB. At the end Ooh, of the, at the end okay, of the okay, spicy talk. Okay, spicy talk. Yeah, the Clippers they they, they they're dangerous. They're dangerous, and um, I remember you know they 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 talk about chemistry issues because they saw um Lou Williams and Paul George going at it, and I'm like, no, that's just regular basketball. That's just a team trying to figure it out, and uh, the it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road, man, for them to get to the finals and win it all. But the Clippers have the team to do it. And like they're not they're not losing slack like you know they're not losing anything even when Paul George is dealing with his injuries and stuff and you know Clippers are still you know ch- um, chugging along man and even when Kawhi go out they still got a solid team you know what I'm saying they're still think about it if the Clippers had the same team without Kawhi and PG they're still a playoff team so they can yes. they can miss they can miss those guys and still mm-hmm. and still be strong but now you know yeah. they I always tell people the Clippers are a three month team they're only built for April May and June. Like forget about I'll be telling fans, forget about all this 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 chemistry stuff, whatever y'all saying, whatever Montrez Harold getting upset. Like he's new to this. He's he never been in a situation like this about winning before, you know. But it's when it matters, it's gonna get really scary for for uh, other teams, man. I'm, I'm telling people that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, man. So um <laughs> we all saw that the Raptors super fan, uh, I think his name is Nav Bahita. He's getting honored by the basketball hall of fame. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know, do you think the NBA will honor you as well? Because I personally think that Jack Nicholson, Spike Lee, Jimmy Goldstein, and you are on a mm-hmm. basketball fan Mount Rushmore, man. Like, So what What you think about that? Uh, hey, Tyron Lue. I just seen Tyron Lue about three weeks ago. Yeah. He, t- he told me. He said, Daryl, we're going to get you this championship so we can get you in that Hall of Fame too. That's what he told me straight up. Yeah, straight up. He, he told me that straight out. He said, "Man, you 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 deserve it." He yeah. said, "What what?" I said, "What do we have to do to get you on there?" I said, "We got to win one." He said, "I'm gonna get you that win, bro." That's what yeah. he told me straight out. I, I think I think either way, win or lose, you you deserve to be there as well. You know what I'm saying? Because now they, now they're letting fans in. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of fans that belong. You know what I'm saying? And you one of them. You've been there from the bottom. You know what I'm saying? To and then you know, climbing that long mountain these past 20, 27 years, man. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like when I seen that, I was like, okay, that's all well and cool and all, but like, come on, man. There's other people that, that deserve that even more. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but <laughs> and, he, and he's a and he's the first, he's the first super fan to, to get it. He's the first. Yeah, he's the first. Yeah, well, well, you know, you should be the second, man, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, you know, that's not even be, me being biased. 
You know what I mean? That means just, you know, always respecting what you do. You as, you know, just you just being a fan like that and just and, and never really got controversial. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never really done nothing, anything wrong. You just love your team and stuff. And, you know, that, that love needs to be reciprocated back. And that's why I wanted to do this interview with you because, you know, we got to give our people, man, the flowers while they can smell them, man. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, man. Um, but before we go, man, you know, we took that terrible loss, man. You know, January 26th with um, the death of Kobe and his daughter and the other seven passengers on that unfortunate helicopter event, man. So tell everybody, man, before we get out of here, like what do uh, what did Kobe mean to you? I mean, he was basketball, man. I mean, I love the I, I love the cheer against him, you know, and yeah. and this what I and this what I had. This what I had to tell people. I hated Kobe. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because everybody, because I listened to what other people said. Then I said, then I finally met Kobe for the first time. Yeah. And he showed me so much love. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And I said, this dude ain't nowhere near what everybody said, what, the, exactly. what everybody t- turned out to be. So, what I want to encourage people. To do, never judge a book by its cover until exactly. you open, until you open a book and read it. And then exactly. And, and when you once you read it, you're gonna like it. Because every, every since I met him, we've been friends ever since, man. Exactly. I've, I've, I've done stuff. And it was crazy because I was supposed to have him on my radio show. And I was so picky on the day I wanted <laughs> to do it, on how I wanted to do it, I never did it. And you know how that means a couple of years go by. You see? Yeah, because I was, I'm like, man, I got Kobe Bryant, man. I got to make sure this is right. Yeah, 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 true. But, but, but sometimes, man, I tell I tell kids now, after his death, I just said, man, you just got to do it. Don't matter yeah, exactly. if, you, if you don't do it right. Don't matter if you ain't got the proper setups. Just do it. Just because, do it. Just do it. Because you never know, man. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. Man, you hit it right on the head with that, man. And um, you're right, man. Kobe was definitely a good dude, man. Of course, a lot of people didn't like Kobe for, I, I, and it's it's a silly reason because he's just competitive in basketball. You know what I'm saying? He, he just hurt their hearts in basketball. That's that's why people didn't like him. But exactly. My 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 thing, me and him, he was always cool, man. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Then when I when Ron got to the Lakers and stuff, and I was around him for those couple of years, you know, like we always just had basketball basketball conversations sometimes. But most of his life, how you doing? How's the kids doing and stuff? Hey, your son's getting big. You got twins and stuff. And it was always just it was always just a lot of love like that. He's gonna be he's gonna be missed, man. Man, he's gonna be greatly missed, man. You know what I'm saying? But you know, I just wish all the people that's making money off his name send some of that money to his foundations, man. All these street vendors and everything else, man. They just out here yeah. cleaning house, man. But dang, send a portion to his uh to his facilities, man. The Mama Academy, man. You know, the mama yeah, exactly. the mama and the mama seat the academy because you know, hey, you wouldn't be in the position you are right now if it, if nothing ever happened to him or if he wasn't famous. You know, yeah, so exactly. It's sad. it's sad that people want to make money off of somebody's death, man. This this is crazy, man. It goes to show, like, like nobody really, really loves you that much, man. You know what I mean? Like, like, like all these, like these fans and stuff like that. Nobody really, a lot of people really don't care. They just they will profit and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? This is just insane. And you, and you and you know what's crazy? I saw him at a WNBA game, right? Yeah. And, and I told him, I said, Kobe, man, we gonna get some red new shoes, man, right? <laughs> So it was just so happened his Nike rep was next to him. I didn't even know that, right? So his Nike yeah. rep was next to him. He said, man, 
can we get us some red and blue ones? You, she he looked at him, look, he said, yeah, we can do it. Uh, he said, you got him, D. So I was like, okay. <laughs> and now, and now this happened, man. So man, so this is one of them situations, man. It is, it yeah. is, it is what it is. But hey, at the end of the day, man, you know, just enjoy your life, respect people, you know, voice your opinion, voice your opinion, but be respectable with it, man. And 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 let's love one another, man, because. Because you know life is too short, man, to be to be enemies, man. Yeah, exactly, man, exactly, man. So, um, when let me ask you a question before we before we get out of here. When are the Lake? When are the Clippers going to move it to their own arena? I know they're working on it, and I know that. Um, shut up! Um, shut up! Owner, but, uh, no, no, no! Wait, wait! I'm on your side. I'm on your side, man. I think that y'all deserve your own arena, to be honest. No, he they, he working he working on it as we speak. He's trying to buy the forum now. So and buy the form and and, and, and and refurbish the form and go in there and then win your championships in the form. No, no, no. <laughs> what he's going to do, he just wants to buy the form and then he's still going to yeah. get that other arena across the street that he wants to build. He's going he's gonna to build that from the ground up. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. Yo, man, it's really good to have you on the show, man. I want you to just tell you the people how they can reach you on social media. Everything at Clipperdero. So it's clipperdero.com. Clipper Daryl Cares. I got a foundation that I give back to the community, to, to the kids. Um, so it's everything Clipper Daryl's C I C L I P P E R D A R R E L L. That's on my Twitter, my Instagram, and you know, my website is clipperdaryl.com and I got everything on it. So whatever I'm doing or whatever, yeah, just follow me, man. And hey, and if you DM me, I do answer. If you email me, whatever, I do answer back. So, and I answer back. I don't have nobody else answering stuff for me <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah and then you hear it man that's that's clipper Darrell right there everybody and thanks for listening to this podcast the daniel artest podcast and be sure to rate review and subscribe to my podcast you know that we on facebook at the daniel artest podcast we got the group just past 2000 members today and we also on instagram and twitter the daniel artest pod and with that being said i'm out of here peace out clipper Darrell. Thank you for coming on to the show, man. Much love, man. And we'll love to have you on again when they win this championship. Let's go, Clippers. Let's go. Yeah, baby. <laughs> June 2020, <laughs> baby. Here we come. <laughs> All right. Peace out, brother. All right, baby.